All right. Well, this is our my very first podcast with uh with the man Sam the man. Appreciate you uh coming down to Bakersfield and um doing what you do best. You know, inspiring people, getting people excited. So uh, thank you. Again. Thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and I, I feel honored that I'm like your numero uno. Yeah. Yeah, no, you definitely are. Um, it's kind of weird to be on podcast, but hey, there's a first for everything and I'm glad you're the number one. Yeah. So am I. Happy yeah. to be here. Thank you. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you is tell me about the idea, the concept of Big Block. Why? How did it come about? Um, you know, there was layers to the decision-making process, but before big block, I was an investor and we were flipping property and most of the properties, actually not most, all the properties that we were able to acquire came from agents, agents referring to us as investors. And, um, during that process, I, I learned something, which was kind of what guided us in this direction is I've never met an agent that didn't want to make more money. Never. It's impossible. Every agent wants to make more money. Uh, so as the market started to adjust, this was like in 2000, uh, you know, 10, we were flipping these properties and we ended up building a pretty big database of agents that we worked with. And as the market started to correct the flipping home things just got, it got tougher and, and more uh, just fragmented and all these different things. So I, I asked myself a few questions. I said, okay, well, whatever I do next has to be something that is really scalable, has to be something that uh, can really make a financial impact in my life. And it has to be something that, in my opinion, is ahead of the curve. And the only thing I knew or really know still in a, in a major way is real estate. So uh, randomly, I had the idea. I was in a mastermind, a real estate investing mastermind. And all, all of the guys that I was doing these flips with in the mastermind, not with, but that we would collaborate, as the market started to shift, they were like, well, we're going to start moving from flipping to buying and holding because the market's going to go up. And we did well on the flips, but not well enough to really scale buying and holding. So I asked myself, okay, well, why are they buying and holding? Because they want to build something that has long-term wealth creation and residual income and all these different things. So all of a sudden the idea of, man, I, I bet you we can build a company that focuses on giving agents a lot of support, really strong culture, uh, good environment and a hundred percent commission, and then have a small monthly fee that over the course of time will scale and, and create residual income for us, but also create a great opportunity for the agents. And, uh, as soon as the idea crystallized, uh, my, myself and my business partner, Oliver, sold out of our last business, the flipping business. There was three of us at the time. Uh, and we just went, we just dived right into the, the big block, 100% commission model. And it's uh, probably the best decision I ever made. So in 2017 is when I met you. You've been in the business now 17, no, seven years now, opening and scaling yep. and building BBR in San Diego. Correct. You had a few hundred agents at that time. Yeah. I think when I met you, we probably had, I don't know, maybe 300. I thought it was about three, 350. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was, or I'm sorry, big brand, big brand company. <laughs> and um, I was looking for change. Now I'm 17 years in the business and uh, I had a team. We we're paying a lot of money at this firm and I was looking for opportunities. 
So we came across two companies at that time. And I came across some websites or some um, Google videos, maybe YouTube videos. I seen a yacht and I seen some people on this yacht and it was a real estate video and it had your name, Big Block, on there, which I thought was kind of cool, San Diego, different kind of market. And I looked you guys up and said, okay, I want to know more about them. So I decided to call Tori and said, let's take a road trip. So we met this other company first in Palm Springs, 120 degrees weather. It was in June. We met these guys at a, a Starbucks, I believe. They were not a brick and mortar. They were just a, just a virtual. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they weren't really big in California, more bigger in Texas. And they had a cool company. I thought they had a pretty good uh, system, pretty good model. And I remember telling Tori in the car, I kind of like this company. I like where they're headed. And she's like, well, why don't you wait to see what this next company in San Diego has to offer? I'm like, well, they have to wow me because I like their structure of this company that I seen just uh, an hour before we left to San Diego. And so we get to San Diego, stay the night. Next morning, I meet Corey. He was a recruiter at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, Cal in Carlsbad, uh, you just opened up that office there. Yep. And I believe we were going to a, to a training there with Mike Cuevas yep. on video marketing yep. that day. So I talked to Corey and he says, looking to join. I said, no, I want something a little more. I go have a team. He's like, okay, you want your team to join? I said, no, I want something bigger. I want something like this, but in Bakersfield. He says, mm, probably bigger. It's, it's above my pay grade. Let me call the owner of the company, see if he has time to meet with you. Well, I wasn't expecting that. I just wanted more information at the time. So he calls you and an hour later, you show up there and we start talking. And I look at Tori and I said, wow, he did wow me because of the difference of your outtake, your outlook on the brokerage business. It wasn't just a broker business. It was so much bigger than that. It was outside the box thinking. And we left after we seen Mike Cuevas. I think we were going to the Dodger game afterwards or whatnot. And I said, okay, he wowed me. Definitely interested. I want more information. I want to stay in touch with Sam and his entire outfit of what he does. And that's how we started our friendship. I remember that meeting very vividly. Yeah. And um, you gave me the blueprints to how to really open up a brokerage. And I was a little concerned that you gave me so much information that I said to myself, why would you give me this information? Nobody does that. No one's willing to give this much information without signing something. Right. But yep. you said it didn't matter to you at that time. Yep. It still doesn't matter to you at the at, doesn't. At presently. And so that was a big deal for me that you trusted yourself and me enough to share information. And since then, we developed a relationship. You showed me and mentored me. And what are we, four years later? Yeah. Right? Can't believe it's been four years. It's been four years. Yeah. I think I had hair at the time when I was meeting you. <laughs> and now I don't. Well, I didn't have any gray hair at the time either. <laughs> but you can't tell because I diet like every five days. <laughs> So you said you had about 350 agents when I met you in 17. Yep. And you have definitely scaled it a lot faster. We went from seven years to from zero to 350 in seven years to where are you at now? Uh, just under 1,200 at corporate outside of franchising. So we're talking about less than half the time you quadrupled the amount of agents. Just about, yeah. How? Did you just scale it easier or did it just get easier as you decided to see the 
the good and bad or realizing all the mistakes that you made? You know, there's like, there's so many different ways that this, that uh, I can take the conversation in terms of like, why did we grow? But I'll tell you that the thesis of our success um, is if you look at any company that puts the client's best interest before their own, you see those companies win. And if you look at, you know, any sort of company that's really scaled massively, what they do is they focus on the customer more than they focus on themselves. So for us, it was very, very clear to me that we had to be like a, a service forward, a love forward, a experience forward uh, company that focused so much on our customer. Now, if we look at this in the, in the brokerage space, I believe that a lot of outfits similar to the one that you probably had before the, the big brands, you know, I believe that they think that their client, their customer is the person that's buying and selling real estate. And the agent is a middleman, middle woman, middle person in that process. And, and, and fundamentally, I think that's a broken thought process as a brokerage. I believe that my customer is the agent. And, and me and my team and my partners, we wake up every day and focus on creating an environment that is awesome for our customer, which is the agent. And if we pour onto them, then they're going to pour on to the actual consumer that's buying and selling real estate. So there's two things that really shifted our thought, not shifted, but molded our, our thought process. One of them is a company called Zappos. Uh, and the the guy, rest in peace, that started the company, Tony Shea, wrote a book called Delivering Happiness. And if you are familiar with Zappos, Zappos is a company that started just by selling shoes online, but they ended up getting acquired by Amazon for billions of dollars, not because they were selling shoes online, because they had the best online customer experience. And it, if you haven't read the book, everyone should read the book. And there's stories in the book of like, they're... And this is wild for people that haven't understood this or heard this. Their customer service reps are their salespeople. And a lot of people, customer service and sales live in two different environments. Their customer service reps were incentivized by spending money on their customers. For example, and if you read the book, there's a story of this lady that calls in, not even a customer, hasn't spent any money on Zappos or with Zappos. And she sounded like she was having a really bad day. And the customer service rep didn't end up selling this customer anything, but sounded like she was having a bad day and she legit mailed her flowers to her house. Right. And that's the type of thing that like you can't quantify on paper, right? You can't put that in the pro forma and say, if I buy this many flowers and if I'm doing all this customer service forward thing that it's going to equal this, you can't quantify it. But, but Zappos is a prime example of, of the fact if you take care of your customer, even before they're your customer, if you give them that wow experience, they become an advocate, right? And what's the best type of marketing there is? I can kill it online. I can kill it in the mail. I can kill it on everything. But the best advertising is, an, is my ideal customer telling another ideal customer how awesome and how great we are, right? Yeah. So one was that, and the other is, if you ever stayed at a Ritz Carlton, like I've spent half of my uh, business life on the road, like seminars, 
speaking engagements, opening offices, whatever. So I've, I've been fortunate enough to stay at almost every hotel brand that there is. And you go to the Ritz Carlton and yes, they're more experienced. They're more expensive. We all know that, but they deliver such a wow experience that justifies the expense, right? If I'm spending $200 to stay at a Marriott or a thousand dollars to stay at a Ritz Carlton at the end of the day, I'm still getting a, a bed and a pillow. But why am I willing to spend $1,000 to be at Ritz-Carlton? Because they make me feel special. They take really good care of me. What's my point? There's a book called um, The New Gold Standard, where they break down how Ritz-Carlton has built what they've built. And there was another story in that, and I'll, this all makes sense in a moment. There's a story in that where some dude comes, he drops off his car in valet, and there's an empty blue Gatorade bottle in his cup holder. And he comes back three days later and he picks up his car and there's a brand new ice cold blue Gatorade bottle in his car when he's leaving. What's a Gatorade cost? Two, three dollars. Yeah. But you do that for me. If I'm that guy, I'm going online. I'm saying, holy crap. Like Ritz Carlton just got me a blue Gatorade. And does a blue Gatorade change my life? No, but it makes me feel special. Yeah. And you make you, when you make people feel special, uh, they become your recruiting channel or your marketing channel rather. So we decided to go really heavy on the idea that if we took care of our customer, the agent, that they'll take care of us and they'll make the noise. Uh, and those two books really were the, the Bible or the fundamentals of how we decided to grow the company. So what am I meeting with you? <clears throat> you gave me that book, the Zappos book. Did I? Yes. And so I Man, recall reading that book. Yeah. Great book. Um, <laughs> You read the same story about the flowers. Yeah, it's a great book. And it, it, I can see why you gave me that book. It made a lot of sense. And you don't just say, read that book. It's what we want to do. You actually are doing it. <clears throat> We've been there a number of times in San Diego. And I'm always amazed <clears throat> and excited every time I'm going to go because I learned something new, something that I didn't see before. And so for me, that's a wow factor. Like we get excited. I get giddy. I tell the <laughs> team, just wait. There's something new. I promise you, they are thinking outside the box. And it's not just one time. It's constant. You guys are constantly changing things and making things better. So now you're 11 years in the business. Tell me about your accomplishments now that you have been in the business 11 years. Technically, it's been nine years. Nine years. Okay. <laughs> uh, just to be transparent. Um, so uh, before I tell you our accomplishments, let me tell you that when all of my friends uh, were in college getting their degrees, I was a college dropout. I spent my time in seminars and in masterminds. And at the time, all my friends thought, oh, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, why isn't he, why isn't he go be a doctor or a lawyer and, you know, whatever. My point is I'm in a seminar once and uh, this guy's speaking on stage and he says, how he's on this list called the Inc. 500 of the fastest growing companies in America. And I don't even remember what number he was on. I just remember at that moment, I was like, one day I'm going to start a company that's going to be on that list. And that's, that's all I want to do is be on that list. So to answer the accomplishments, about four years after we started, we applied for the Inc. 500 and, you know, full transparency. When, when we applied, I thought, there's Inc. 500 and there's Inc. 5000, right? right? But the 500 is what everyone wants to be on. 
I thought we were going to be like in the four thousands and they send you this beautiful box and this letter and in the letter, you know, you made the list, but you don't know where you made the list. So they send the letter and remind me after this, I'll show you the video. It's one of the funniest things. I open it up and I'm reading it and it says, you are the 26th fastest growing company, private company in America. 26. I, I legit like we're videotaping this thing. I lose my mind. I'm hitting the table. I'm, I'm doing touchdown dances. And then we went 26 fastest growing company in America. Next year we were the 31st, 31 fastest growing company. Then 33rd fastest growing company. Uh, we have been on the list for six years in a row. Uh, last year we were the 56th fastest growing private company in America. And of all the accomplishments, that's the one I'm the most proud of just because I remember being dead broke, like cup of noodles broke in that, in that seminar saying one day, like one day I will be on that list. Uh, and to be on the list six years in a row at numbers so high, and I'm not pounding my chest when I say this, it just doesn't happen. If you look at last year's list, they put a little red dot next to all the companies that have been on multiple times and one dot per. Uh, and we were one of the only companies that had multiple red dots. So that to me is like my proudest accomplishment in terms of business. Past that, we're uh, Real Trends, 90, I think, fifth largest brokerage in America. Um, and a bunch of cool things like that. But accomplishment-wise, the Inc. 500 thing is something that's really special to myself and my partners. How hard is it to tap into a San Diego market and build a brand like you did and compete with the big brands there? Um, it's really tough, but it's more tough mentally. And when, when we started this, dude, when I started the company, I was 29 years old. Um, today I'm 38 and I'm recruiting people that are 40, 50, 60, 70. And you get this like imposter syndrome in your brain. And if you've ever experienced this as an entrepreneur, you, you get this imposter syndrome. Like, like I can't be doing this. Like I'm, I'm just a 21 year old college dropout and I'm, recruiting or doing or whatever it is. So for me, it was really hard for two reasons. One, the mindset, like the, the imposter syndrome was very, very, very real, but we just powered, powered, powered through it. And, and at the time when we started it, it, which ended up being a blessing, and this is an important, one of the most important things I think anybody, especially in the brokerage space, but in any business is the competition started to talk a lot of crap. They're like, these guys are wacko. These guys are crooks. This will never work. They're going to go under. And you hear that enough times, you, you start to really question yourself. So for the first year and a half, two years, that was really weighing heavy on me. Like, man, am I crazy? Is this impossible? Are they right? Uh, but what ended up happening is our competition was talking so bad about us that they ended up being one of our best recruiting and marketing channels, right? Like I remember I was just telling uh, actually you earlier in that last meeting we had today where one of our biggest competitors, when we broke onto the scene, they did a seminar, a full seminar about why not to join big block realty. And all of a sudden we started to get a bunch of calls from their company saying, well, if they hate you that much that they're going to do a whole seminar on this, we, this might be something that's worth looking into. Um, 
So it was tough. It was tough financially. It was tough mentally. It was tough. But in hindsight, which is always 2020, you realize that the tough things were the things that made it work, right? It, the tough thing, like in terms of the uh, imposter syndrome, I felt like such an imposter that I tried extra hard in every, every aspect of the business to justify the fact that I was a 29-year-old starting a brokerage. And the average broker owner in America is 66 years old. So I'm legit less than half their age trying to compete with them. But that was great because it made me, it made me work harder and do more and think outside the box. Uh, and then the competition thing ended up being one of the best things. In the world. I love my competition. I legit, I bless all of them. Like, good, you go do you because you create movement, you create attention, and you're going to create the attention and I'm going to come and pillage your village. So you're one of the biggest companies in San Diego. We are uh, technically the largest. Right. What's the future look like? Nationally or just as a company? Um, so nationally, we, we're starting national expansion. And, uh, uh, you know, I think our next major milestone is to be a company that closes 50,000 transactions a year. Last year at corporate, we closed 6,000 um, with our, you know, seven or so different franchises. This year, 20, uh, 2022, we'll say, we're, we're on pace to probably do, you know, 10, 12,000. But our goal is to close 50,000 transactions as, as a national company. And that'll put us in the top 10 biggest brands in America. So when I met you in 17, you were not a franchise yet. No. <clears throat> you had to go through a lot of loopholes, spend a lot of money to get to that point where a you lot of drama, become, a lot of drama. Yeah. Yes. And so I asked for permission because you weren't a franchise. If I can use your model and with that hesitation, you said, absolutely. And you still supported it. And now four years later, we finally get to become part of your national brand. Yes. Uh, and so we're really happy about that. We're excited. And I can't wait to see what the future holds, not just for us as a company, as a franchisee, but uh, for you as a national brand and where you're headed. Yeah. Because we definitely helped ourselves by just being part well, of what you're well, doing. Well, dude, the thing is, is we're partners now, right? Like, yeah. Uh, your success is my success. My success is your success. It's all, all of our success. Right. And I want to touch on what you said, because I think it's really important for any entrepreneur in any industry. I'm assuming that most of the people that listen to this will be in real estate. You mentioned a couple of times that I was so willing to give you everything without any sort of contract agreement, whatever. Um, and my, one of my biggest thought processes in, in, marketing and growing and gaining attention is if you're a giver without the expectation of return, if I can make Victor say, holy smokes, like Sam gave us or big block rather gave us all of this. I remember we even sent you our agreements. Like we're like, here's everything, dude, just run with it. Right. Um, if we can make Victor or whoever, say, wow, if they're giving us all this before we're a customer, imagine how much they'll give us after we're a customer. 
And you have to think about this as a marketer, as an agent, as whatever you do in your life. If you can create the environment where your ideal customer says, holy smokes, they're giving me all of this before I'm their customer. Imagine what happens when I am. That's what creates that momentum and the referrals and the organic growth. Today, our company is almost 62% organic growth, meaning no ad spend, no like, you know, that that's the best type of growth that you can have. Um, and to me, it's, a, it's all a factor of being such a go-giver, not a go-getter, even though we are go-getters, a go-giver, where we give, 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 almost to the point where we make people feel obligated to pay attention and, and become closer and hopefully one day work with us. That's great. So what do you do when you're not trying to build your company? Uh, snuggle with my kids on the couch. Okay. It's my, probably my favorite thing to do, hang out with my wife, travel. Um, but my biggest hobby outside of the main business, which, you know, we do a lot of different businesses, but my favorite thing is I'm an artist, like a painter. Um, so me again and my business partner, funny enough, uh, in big block, we have an art business where we make art and sell it all through Instagram. And, um, that's probably my biggest hobby outside of growing the business. But my, you know, outside of business, my favorite thing to do is hang out with my kids, my wife, my parents, you know, like every Friday I go to my dad's house Friday at four and we stay there till Sunday. Uh, just because to me, family is everything and I, I just enjoy it and it's made me a better person. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> so you being an artist, you sell art. So I want one. So the next one you make, just tell me. Well, let's make you a custom one. Okay. Let's do that. But I'm happy to do it. That'd be great. Okay. Great. Well, I appreciate you, Sam. Uh, as you know, for the last four years, you've helped me a lot, helped our company grow with just the knowledge and the wisdom, and you've opened up your doors. Anytime I needed something, you would definitely be there. Um, you'd open up your office for me. You'd invite me to Winter Circle. I would take some of my team members with me. And um, again, I'm just in awe that you never asked for anything in return other than the fact that one day we might be able to work together. There's times that you even, we met in San Diego at a, at a bar when I was at a, a convention and you said, Vic, if you don't plan on doing this, it's fine. I just want to know that I'm still here. And that means a lot to me because again, there was no obligation. There was no signatures, but I knew one day it was going to happen because I'm a big believer in, in loyalty and I'm a big believer in when someone helps somebody else. Again, you weren't asking for anything in return, but definitely the return is tenfold. And so I'm excited about partnering with you and helping you in any way I can help you. But um, yes, I just can't wait for this. Uh, so tomorrow you're going to be here. You're still here. Tomorrow you're going to be here and you're going to speak at our Innovate 2022 event. We had our first one a couple of years ago that you were part of. We didn't have one last year because of the, the pandemic. So I expect um, we'll have a good crowd and you're going to come and you're going to kill it like you usually do. Uh, you did it earlier and they were kind of blown away by what you talked about. So yeah, I expect uh, they will still be blown away by what you have to bring. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to be there. I'm really excited to be partners. I'm excited to come back and speak. Um, but also I'm excited because as, as we start to expand through partners like yourself, 
we are nothing without good people. We are nothing without good people. And as we're expanding, dude, like we need, we need to find great guys like you. And for whoever's listening to this, if you're in any sort of way inside of uh, Agent Core and Victor's fold, I, I know that they're in good hands, right? You, I feel like you're in good hands with us. And I feel like people in your world are in good hands with you. Um, so thank you for just being so awesome and taking what we've given you and building a great business. And I think that the future for both of us is going to be really bright and you're, you're going to be a, you already are a force to be reckoned with, but you're, you're going to go down in the real estate world is as a very important part of the dynamic and the change that's coming. And uh, myself, my partners and everyone at big block are just honored to be with you. I appreciate that. And I do look forward to it again. Yeah, thanks a lot, Sam, for being here and uh, being part of my very first podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. All right. You good.